Blog Talk Radio. Healthy and Tone Radio with your host, Darren Batman McDuck. And now, prepare to get fat. Hey, what's cracking? Welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. I'm your host, Darren Fatman McDuffie. And this episode is being brought to you by I'mTheFatMan.com. I think I'm going to stop saying my website because I have not written anything on my blog lately, and I keep promising to write something on my blog, but I'll get to it. I don't know. I have been inspired over the last couple of days to, to write something on a blog, and then I'm sure I'll be beginning to uh, writing something here soon. So just, just bear with me. Um, just wanted to give you a quick reminder of the show that we did Monday, the show we did Monday with uh, Esther Bloom, who is a registered dietitian on Cave Women Don't Get Fat. And that was a really good podcast. The podcast didn't come out. It was pre-recorded, and it, the sound audio didn't come out exactly like I had planned. I used, an, I used an app. But you can hear it, and at some point in the future, maybe what I may do is try to send it off to someone who's a little bit more adept at audio to kind of clean that show up and get it up there again uh, in a better sounding uh, audio for you. And also I wanted to remind you of a, a show that we did that's kind of taken off with Morley Robbins. We talked about iron and copper dysregulation, kind of, again, a high-level show, but that show has already had uh, several people who have listened to that show and, and downloaded that show, so if you get a chance, check that out. Quick reminder, as always, to connect with me on social media. I'm on Facebook as facebook.com slash perfectly healthy and tone radio. On Twitter, I'm the fat underscore man. And then on um, Pinterest, I'm, I'm the fat, I'm the fat man one is the uh, handle on Pinterest. So you connect with me there. And I do have room on my personal page. So if you want to connect with me on my personal page, do so. I'm under Darren McDuffie. Tonight, got another good show for you. This is something that I've been wanting to discuss for a while, and um, because I know that I started using iodine maybe about two years ago, and it made a big difference for me in my mood, made a big difference for me in my energy levels. I remember when I first started taking it, um, I felt like I could go through my workouts and really not have a depletion of my energy, and it just was just made a big difference for me. So I wanted someone to come on and talk about that. And tonight I just happened to be fortunate enough to have Dr. Jennifer Burns on, who's agreed to come on and talk about iodine. So let me get to her bio and get her on and get things cracking. Dr. Jennifer Burns started her battle with irritable bowel syndrome 20 years ago. She first noticed the symptoms would only arise when she was stressed, and they got to the point she would have to look for a bathroom wherever she went. She got to the point where she would have colon spasms that lasted for six hours or more. Dr. Burns tried all kinds of prescriptions and tried doctor after doctor with no success. It wasn't until she entered naturopathic school that she would find the answers she was looking for and ultimately get relief from IBS. Dr. Burns graduated from Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine and completed a residency at Los Fuentes, hope I'm pronouncing that right, Los Fuentes Health Clinic. And after a residency, she worked at different clinics in Arizona as a holistic family practitioner. 
She uses an integrative approach to bring people to optimal health. Dr. Burns, welcome to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. Thank, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for coming on. And we are actually going to be talking about one of my favorite, I guess you can call it a supplement, iodine. And as I said, I have some pretty good results with supplementing myself with iodine, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But um, my first question for you is just always that kind of question to ease us into talking about whatever we're going to talk about. But what made you decide to get into um, holistic medicine? And maybe I answered that in in the bio, but I wanted you to kind of cover that a little bit more. Well, actually, I got into um, holistic medicine because of my great-grandmother. She was in a um, nursing home. They had her on, like, 14 different medications. Most of them were to counteract the side effects from the main medications that she was taking. And I was just looking at that, and it's just like, oh, my gosh, she's got, like, this is breakfast and dinner for her. (laughs) She was taking all these pills every day, and I was just, you know, I was saying there's got to be a better way, and that's when I ended up finding um, holistic medicine. Great. Um, I noticed that you were a traditionally when they have naturopathic doctors, they have that ND after their name, but you are an NMD, a naturopathic medical doctor. Explain us the difference between between those two. Actually, there isn't a difference at all between the two. It just has to do with um, state licensing. With um, the state of Arizona, we can either say ND or NMD, naturopathic medical doctor or naturopathic doctor. So it's still the um, same training, four years medical school with a preceptorship. We don't do um, three years of residency. Um, uh-huh. In hospitals, there may be some that do in some states, but most of the time they just I have us do like a year residency with family practice or something like that. But there are some naturopaths that actually do rotations um, in hospitals like uh, regular residencies do. But yet, because of the state licensing, they're still considered a um, naturopathic doctor. So. Yeah, the reason why I asked that because I used to do, I used to work for a food sensitivity testing lab, and I remember I spoke to a guy who was an NMD in Nevada, and he explained to me that he could use medical uh, prescriptions if, if you know, at, at some point where they prescribe, they a patient needed a medical prescription, then he could always he could write that. But I don't know if that's if that was Nevada, or you were in Arizona, so I don't know if that was the same thing, and that's why I asked. Yeah, so in Arizona, it's the same thing. I can also do prescription medications as well if needed. Um, a lot of times um, an integrative approach uh, does need, is recommended for some, depending on the medical conditions. But most of the time I have people coming in saying, I want off the drugs. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Have there been any instances where you actually would put someone on a prescription drug and then maybe wean them off of that a little bit later? Yeah, definitely. There's, um, like, high blood pressure. You don't mess around with that. Um, You know, I mean, high blood pressure can put a lot of um, pressure on the organs. It can, um, you know, create headaches. It creates other, you know, I mean, it pressure on the heart as well. So, yeah, so that's one thing. If I see that someone is diabetic, um, it would, and exercise, and changing diet didn't work, then yes, we definitely need to put them on medications for that too, just because their pancreas is trying to burn out and 
isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing or they have insulin resistance. And so those blood sugars are still just kind of sticking around. They're kind of high. And here again, you know, I mean, it's like we can't get those blood sugars in the normal range. All sorts of, you know, nasty stuff can happen too. So with healing time and organs and um, all that other stuff. So, you know, sometimes you have to put them on something and also do herbs at the same time. Yeah. Getting into, we're talking about doctors. Uh, obviously, um, you're a naturopathic doctor, so you're going to lo- know a little bit more about certain things, certain supplements. But why do you think that conventional doctors, your your medical doctors, don't know much about, about iodine and its, its importance? Well, honestly, I think it comes down to their training. They're not really trained to look at nutrition. They're not trained to... Look at individual vitamins. Uh, they're not trained to say, hey, look, you know, it's like this could be because of, you know, low iodine or low, you know, I mean, it's like testosterone or whatever it may be. And sometimes, I mean, I had a medical doctor tell me one time that his nutrition class consisted of maybe six hours. So and that was it. <laughs> so they don't really get a lot of nutrition. Um why is it, it seems like people are iodine deficient. Why is it so uh, hard for us to get any iodine in our diets today, you think? Oh, my gosh. It's because it's depleted. It's not put in the foods like it was before. I mean, when you're talking about, like, even in the 1970s, we had iodine in some of our cereals. It was used in breads. Um, it, you know, as a, you know, leavener, it was used more readily than it is today. Today, everything is just so depleted. People want to be on sea salt, but it's not iodine fortified instead of being on like regular table salt. So it just, so because there's the lack of it not being put in there, which is why more times than not, people are actually deficient in it. Yeah, um, with iodine, I actually looked on the back of my seat salt today and I saw that iodine was in there, but it was like 0.02%, which is not much. There are a lot of people out there who think that if they have iodized salt, which you see that a lot, that they're getting enough iodine. Are they getting enough iodine by just using iodized salt? No, no, it actually really needs to be supplemented. Yeah, there's hardly anything in there. I mean, if you look back at history, you know, even back in like the, you know, 1970s, we were getting like even 620 micrograms of um, iodine in our foods. And nowadays it's not even that. In the 90s, we were even um, like down by half to like 373 micrograms um, Mm -hmm. that were actually added in the food. And now, because everyone's trying to reduce salt consumption and stuff like that, and because other additives have been added into food, that, I mean, we barely even have any iodine supplementation at all these days. Now, getting to foods, um, obviously there are some foods that are out there that are very rich in iodine. Um, I know that at this point in time, most people are going to need to supplement just because of Maybe our diets, there might be some people out there who are up on their diets and listening to the show, but maybe there's someone out there who might be struggling with their diet. Um, When it comes to 
if they want to eat foods that might be iodine rich, what would you what would you recommend? Well, the number one is um, seaweed or kelp. Um, that definitely has a lot of iodine in it. Um, fish also has it too. Eggs, um, some dairy, turkey also has it. Uh, tuna and also beef are some of the top ones that have iodine in them. You said uh, tuna, and what else? Uh-huh. Did you Beef, okay. like meat, cow. Okay. Yes. Okay. So those are the ones that have any. What is the recommended dose? I know that. Can you? What is the recommended dose? And then the second part of that question would be: Can you use too much iodine? Because, like for me, I know I use a detoxified iodine, and I usually do uh, ten drops of the detoxified iodine. And mm-hmm. um, but I'm wondering. How much is too much? Because I've gone up to at least 14 drops of the iodine. And then, well, answer that, and then I'll ask the other question that I have first. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, um, according to the um, uh, you know, recommended daily allotment, their recommended daily allotment is in micrograms. And some uh, doctors are saying that the highest amount that you could take is probably like two milligrams every day. So, and this is, you know, from the RDA that, um, that's come out with this recommendation. However, though, depending on how depleted someone is and what medical conditions they have, sometimes they can go higher than the uh, recommended two milligrams. Okay. And with that, excuse me, the second part of that question would be, if I can remember it, um, do you have to iodine load? I know some things like, uh, for instance, if someone is deficient with magnesium, they might start taking a little bit more and then they kind of even themselves out. And I'm wondering if you have to do the same thing with iodine. Does it require like what we would call a loading period? Or if I'm on 10 drops right now, my detoxified iodine, I just continue on those 10 drops and that replenishes my iodine stores, or, again, will I need some type of loading with that? Okay, so um, here again with that question, it depends on each person. Normally how we're trained um, as doctors is start low and then go up higher. So because we don't want anyone having any sort of side effects from being on a new supplement, so we usually start people at a low dose and then just, have them uh, come back in, see how things are going, and then we just kind of up it from there. So sometimes people go with how they feel. There's also testing that can be done as well in order to keep track of the levels of iodine that a person has. Can you get too much? Or, or if you're creeping towards, like I said, I did 14 drops, and I felt fine. But I'm wondering if I would have went to 20 drops of the detoxified iodine, would I have seen any side effects? Have you seen where people have used too much if they're using pills or or whatever it is? Yes, sometimes people do use too much. They complain about a burning sensation in the Mm -hmm. stomach, in the throat. Um, Some of them are saying that they've got like fever, nausea, vomiting can happen as well. And if they uh, really take too much, their can, coma can even be induced if people are taking way too much iodine. Is there a test? Would you recommend getting a test or getting tested before to find out you know, how much iodine you have in your body before you start supplementation, or do we just go all out 
what I would talk, call willy-nilly and start supplementing with, with iodine. <laughs> <laughs> well, most everyone, the, the common thing is people usually start willy-nilly or they mm-hmm. look online and for stuff, and then they come to me and they say, well, this is what I found on WebMD or I Googled this and this is what this says. And the, the whole um, prospect with it is, you know, you really need to find out, like, where your levels are and get tested, um, you know, before being put on something like iodine. So, I mean, there is kind of different testing that can be done. There is a um, self-test that can be done where you put iodine on your stomach and you let it dry, and if you leave it on there, and if it's not there in like 12 hours, meaning that the body has completely absorbed it, it could mean that you're lacking in iodine, but it's not going to tell you how much iodine you're lacking in. So that's when we have the conventional testing, like um, blood tests can be done. There's also a urine test that can be done as well. Um, There's another one called loading, which... I'm still kind of out on that one. I know some people do this iodine loading, which is a 24-hour test, where they give them, like, a whole bunch of iodine to see if they're still depleted after 24 hours, or some of them just do a um, 24-hour urine test just to see, you know, where they're at with their nutrients. So there's several different ways to be able to test it. And some of these tests are covered by insurance and some of them aren't. Here, again, it just really depends. Um, on like each state and what person's at, what their health insurance will cover, and what lab is actually being used um, for the testing. Yeah, when you once you figure out where you are with your iodine levels and you start supplementation, would you recommend going to that uh, recommended dosage? Because I know there's a recommended dosage out there as your maintenance level. On a, on a daily basis, how, how would you recommend to, to keep making sure that your iodine stores are not depleted? So, yeah, it's just um, basically once we get people up to the level that they need to be at, then that's kind of like the recommended that we use. If people are just going to be doing, um, say, like their own self-test, um, their own iodine self-test where they put it on their stomach and wait for it to be absorbed, for that one, I would say just kind of like keep with the directions on the bottle with whatever it says for you to take. I wouldn't up it uh, from there. You know, I mean, I wouldn't self up anything unless you know for sure that you had a history of um, iodine deficiency and, um, you know, and you're able to watch what's going on, you know, just because the severity of the side effects can be can- a little catastrophic. Well. That's that's not. I'm going to take your advice for everybody else out there listening. For me, I consider myself a little lab rat, so I experiment on myself and end up taking. But I've never really taken anything too far. I think the only dose I like, I said, I went up to like 14 or or 15 drops of the, the iodine that I use. Um, in your clinic, you're obviously working with people who, on a daily basis, you're seeing men, you're seeing women. I would, I don't know if you're seeing kids or or, or not, but Judging from that and the people that you're seeing, how many people uh, amongst your patient population you would say are iodine deficient? And I guess the second part of that question, when you do start them supplement with supplementing with iodine, what are some of the uh, the benefits or some of the the things that you're seeing, positive things that you're seeing? So, well, I mean, it's like most everyone uh, comes into my office 
is like fatigue, uh, brain fog. They're really stressed out. Um, you know, they can't handle stress very well, so they've got the anxiety going on. So it's, it's, it's to be a combination of anything. So, I mean, honestly, almost everyone is uh, iodine deficient that I've seen. I mean, I have people who have been drinking water, and in Arizona, it gets it's dry out here. And the recommended water intake is about like a gallon of water a day just because it's so dry out here. And then people are saying, you know, I still feel thirsty even after doing that. And so that's where we need to take a look at iodine because everyone sweats so much that, you know, you're going to deplete your iodine by sweating. You're going to deplete your um, iodine because you, you know, reduced your salt intake or you switched over to a salt that doesn't have iodine in it. So there are a lot of people who are iodine deficient, and it's kind of amazing what happens when I put them on even just like a little bit of iodine at first, and they're just like, oh, wow, this is amazing. I don't have dry mouth anymore. I actually have energy. I can, you know, sleep through the night, and I'm handling stress better just from one little, you know, supplement, and it's just amazing what that can do for people. Yeah, I can attest to that because um, when I first started supplementing, like, regularly, I remember, I and I, I used to take myself to a really heavy workout. I used to lift as heavy as possible. And when I started supplementing the iodine, it's like I felt superhuman. I felt like a, a superhero. And it made a, a lot of difference for me uh, just supplementing with the, uh, the iodine. Um, getting to women, women seem to have, Issues. I've spoken on the show before about thyroid issues. I've spoken um, about I lost my mother in 2005 to, to breast cancer. And I'm wondering how important is it for I for women to make sure that they are supplementing with, with iodine if they're not getting any in their diets? Um, it's really important for women to be substituting iodine in their diet. I mean, because... We're the ones who carry the babies. The babies suck every nutrient we've got into them. And then a lot of times we don't replenish it after we have the baby. And because of all the demands on us, it is really important for women to have it because it helps control the immune system. It helps with uh, memory. So for those who have what we call foggy brain, um, it'll help clear that up. I mean, and it's got just so much potential for it as far as helping the immune system. It actually helps with muscle tone as well. That, that's why, I mean, it's important for women to have that. Iodine works with the thyroid in helping with the immune system. And with that, it actually helps to regulate a lot of the hormones, especially estrogen. And so for a lot of women who have um, you know, like what we call estrogen dominance. And then iodine really helps with that because with estrogen dominance, you could have cancer, you could have fibromyalgia, you could have um, heart disease, you could have fibrocystic breast disease just because of the imbalance that's there. And adding in that iodine actually helps um, decrease cancer rates. It actually decreases fibromyalgia. It actually helps to stabilize estrogens, and so that way it can help out you know, with um, regulating menstrual cycles and to where the menstrual cycles, some women have like heavy cramping and pain, and 
nausea, and it'll actually help decrease a lot of that. Yeah. Getting back to estrogen, you talk about a lot of estrogen-dominant diseases in women. Um, one of the things I saw was that estrogen can kind of uh, kind of thwart the the absorption of iodine. So, I mean, if you are working with, let's say, a woman in your practice, are you going to uh, work with her on estrogen dominance first, and then supplement with the iodine, or does that kind of uh, go together? How do you how do you do that? Well, that kind of goes together. So, what I okay. do first is I put them on an anti-estrogen diet, meaning no pesticides. Um, they need to have natural pesticides because pesticides have xenoestrogens, which mm-hmm. are um, a bad estrogen. It's a chemical, and then that'll stay in the fat cells, and of course, it's carcinogenic. Um, I tell them to get off of um, anything that has plastic or styrofoam. Do not reheat anything in plastics or styrofoam because here again, we've got chemicals that are in there that are going to leach into their food or into their water, and those estrogens, when they drink it, are going to end up, you know, setting up in there. And so even like plastic water bottles, if they've left them out in the car or if they're heated in some way, don't drink the water in them just because of that. And they actually have research now showing that um, the BPA-free plastic bottles are still causing estrogen dominance. And the one that they have is called BPS now, and so that's still even causing problems. Because what they did is they saw that the BPA is, um, actually acts like estrogen and it can cause carcinogenic effects, so that's why they switched over to this BPS. And they're finding that the BPS is doing the exact same thing that the BPA is, where it's magnifying itself and masking it as if it were estrogen. And so that's really scary. That Here they're trying to say, oh, yeah, we're doing all this healthy stuff now and trying to get away from it when it's still another chemical and it's acting the exact same way. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I think the only thing safe is glass and steel. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. You have to use glass <laughs> or steel. Um, getting back into uh, the thyroid, um, and I would hope that men actually supplement with iodine for the thyroid too, because I'm starting. You're starting to see a lot of men with that. But I want to specifically talk about women because women seem to be connected more to depression. Have you seen any incidences where you have had? women who supplement with iodine and they seem to get out of that, that depression? Yes, uh, definitely. It's because their thyroid is functioning a little bit better. Um, their estrogen levels have been maintained or lowered and the adrenal glands aren't pumping as hard as they normally do. So, mm-hmm. and that usually helps out definitely. Yeah. Um, can you be allergic to iodine? Oh, is yes, there, most definitely. Okay. Yes, there is such a thing. It's just like any, you know, it's like I could take 20 people and give them iodine. Some people, it probably won't do anything. Some people are going to be allergic to it, and some people are going to be like, this is like the greatest thing since duct tape. So it just really depends. Everyone's body is so different. Every time i got people come in, I'm like, I wish I had a Star Trek tricorder and I could just scan you and say, okay, this is what you need, and then dial it in and here's your hypo spray and send you on your way. But it's not that way. That's um, still 
you know, because everyone's body metabolizes things so differently, just depending on what they're depleted on, what stressors they have, if they've got leaky gut, um, any malnutrition going on, you know, um, or if their body is, you know, like doing, I've actually had some where they've taken a supplement and their body's done like the total opposite of what it was supposed to do. So then we kind of have to look from that route. So everyone is so different that I can't take the same approach with everybody. So, you know, there is no cookie cutter approach when it comes to an individual. What about men? I didn't know this. I, I interviewed someone on an uh, episode, maybe a couple of episodes ago, and he told me that um, the prostate, the prostate for men holds iodine receptors. So have you, I, I know you work with men. Have you seen any improvement in, in prostate or, or anything like that? Uh, yes, uh, it, we, it is. Also that um, the prostate also loves vitamin C as well. So a lot okay. of times I'll put them on vitamin C along with the iodine yeah, to really help out with that in order to maintain good prostate health. Of course, a lot of times by the time I see them, you know, they're already having problems with their prostate, and so we have to address that along with also trying to do some preventative or maintenance as well. Yeah. With iodine, obviously you have your thyroid, you have your breast. We just talked about the prostate. There are any other areas of the body that, that love iodine and need that iodine to function properly? Actually, every system in the body needs iodine from your skeleton to your brain to your immune system, your pancreas, your skin. I mean, everything needs it. Even like your thymus, your cerebral spinal fluid also uses iodine. Great. And I know I'm going to get off here and somebody's going to email me or uh, I'll see someone and they'll talk to me and they're going to ask me, what do you recommend? <laughs> so you're working with your clients. Do you recommend pills? I know I, you, I, I tend to stay away from pills a lot myself. I, just, I like liquid. If I can get anything in liquid form, that's what I, I normally go to. But what's your recommendation, Dr. Gomes? Yeah, so liquid is actually um, really nice because it can absorb a lot quicker than a pill does. When you do take a pill, it does have to go through the digestive system, and you may only absorb like you know 40 to 50% of whatever's in the pills. So where you're getting more like 70 to 80% if you're going with a liquid form. Okay. And um, what are some things that displace iodine? Because you will have someone out there who will inevitably be listening and they're going to say, well, I don't need that supplementation. So what are some things that ordinary things that we might be doing every day that might be displacing iodine that, you know, making us deficient? Wow. Um, yeah, there's stuff like um, soft drinks can displace it. You know, it's like um, estrogen dominance can. Regular flour can actually displace it. So, you know, I mean, it's and it's because of some of the components that are in there. Unfortunately, um, you have something called uh, bromine. Bromine mm -hmm. is an actual um, element. And it uh, is this brown, reddish liquid stuff. It evaporates easily. And so they've actually used that. It actually is a um, chemical component that's close to chlorine. And mm -hmm. so they've 
replaced using that bromine instead of the iodine in like our breads and stuff like that um, in, in our flours. So that way bread can rise higher um, and it, bread can be fluffier and it can be sturdier. And so with them doing all this, you know, replacement and saying, oh, well, let's add this chemical instead of keeping iodine, one, it makes it cheaper for them. But two, I mean, you're adding stuff into your system that you shouldn't be having. And bromine actually is um, a dye that's used in soft drinks. It, it's actually in carpets. It's used in swimming pools. And it's also in vegetable oils. So you have to, you know, I mean, it's like kind of read the labels on there, making sure that, you know, it's like as they said on the Briars ice cream commercials, if it's not natural, don't take it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that, you know, with the supplementation that, oh, I, I don't need that. I, need that. I think that everybody needs supplementation now because of our eating habits and stuff that's in the environment. Um, I know that you're in Arizona, which is closer to the West Coast, and there's been a lot of talk about the radiation uh, from, I guess it was Fukushima. And yeah. how does... Yeah, how does iodine protect against against radiation? Well, uh, believe it or not, um, iodine actually has antioxidant properties um, in it. And so it works with the body in decreasing uh, radiation exposure because of the antioxidants. The antioxidants, you know, take radiation or anything that's um, oxidized, and it helps to reduce it. And so that way the body has an easier time of getting rid of it and protecting the other cells. Great. Well, that's all the questions that I had. Um, I know that, you know, I wanted to discuss this because I know a lot of people out there are iodine deficient. And I know that it's one of the easiest things to supplement uh, myself, I think, because like I said, I pour like a half a glass of water, put my little drops in there, swallow it, and I'm done. So, and it has so many good benefits to it, and a lot of people, again, are deficient in it. Is there anything you wanted to leave the audience with when, with regards to, to iodine and, and maybe supplementing with it and, and seeing, you know, what it, what it might do for them? Yeah, so, I mean, iodine is just a really great element. It's something that everyone should have just because it's just been so depleted. It's like as the years go on, we have less and less iodine um, in our diet. It is really beneficial. So if people feel like that they're fatigued, that they can't lose weight, um, and they've, like, tried every weight out there and they've exercised a lot, it could be due to um, iodine deficiency. It, and if you feel like that you're getting sick all the time, you might want to add iodine in to help, help boost your immune system. I mean, it, it helps with foggy brain. If you're just like, oh, I put my keys down, and then you're just like, wait a minute, they disappeared, you know, I mean, then that's mm -hmm. probably, you know, that it's like they put them somewhere, but then after that they got distracted and forgot, like we said, foggy brain. I mean, it really helps with that, with energy levels. It helps with muscle strength. I mean, it really helps out with, like, overall in the body, since it's like in every organ, every cell that we have, the iodine is being used. So the only thing, though, is that if you have Hashimoto's, they actually recommend not being on iodine. Mm -hmm. So, But if you have, like, um, hyperthyroid or just regular hypothyroid, then you can go ahead and use the iodine. But for anyone who has Hashimoto's, 
it's actually recommended not to um, have the iodine get tested first before mm -hmm. actually getting on any iodine with anyone who has Hashimoto's. Yeah, I think they recommend um, selenium, too, with that, because I had someone on the show and they talked about that, and she said iodine and selenium. I think she was saying at the same time. I'm not sure. It was a couple of episodes ago. But you, you mean that the iodine will actually help me with my foggy brain when I'm actually talking on my cell phone, and sometimes I'll be talking on my phone and I'll be looking for my phone, like, where's my cell phone? And it's actually in my yeah. hand and I'm talking on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it will help with that. <laughs> I've had that too, where my sunglasses are on my head, and I'm like, where are my sunglasses at? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're on my head. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's done that, so I know I'm not the only one. But Dr. Burns, thank you so much for being on the show. And if you could give us your website, if anybody wants to connect with you. I don't know if you do consultations uh, over phone or, or what, but sometimes I know people like to go to the website just to, to check it out. But what's your website? Um, my website is um, the BE Center, so because people can't spell Benitre, so it's the B is in boy, E is in Edward Center .com. And yes, I actually will do consultations over the phone, so that's not a problem. Great. So if you guys want to connect with Dr. Burns, you can go to the website and you can call her and speak with her if you're having any health issues. Dr. Burns, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. And like I said, um, before we, we went on, that you know, I'd love to t have you back and talk a little bit more about, you know, some other things that are out there in the health and, and wellness world. Sure, not a problem. I'd love to come back. Thank you. Have a good evening. All right, you too. Okay, good night. Bye. All right, so like I said, I think that there's some supplements out there that are important for people just for the preventative benefits, and iodine is one of those things that are um, very easy, very easy to supplement um, for. If you have any questions or you want to reach out to me, my email is perfectlyhealthyandtoneradio at gmail.com, perfectlyhealthyandtoneradio at gmail.com. I'll be glad to share with you what I, what I use. Uh, when it comes to iodine, I use the detoxified iodine. It's a liquid. I've been using that for maybe two, three years now, and it works really well for me. Um, next week, and I can't remember if this is Monday or Wednesday. I know we only have one show next week, and that's going to be Sugar Crush um, by Dr. Richard Jacoby or Jacoby. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but he'll be on talking about sugar, how to reduce inflammation, reverse nerve damage, and reclaim good health. And the name of the book is called Sugar Crush. So we'll have him on next week. I think it's Wednesday, not Monday, but Wednesday. So again, we'll have one show. And then the week after that, my first show of the year is going to be with Dr. Terry Walls. Um, if you're not familiar with Dr. Terry Wall, she's a medical doctor who was in a wheelchair suffering from multiple sclerosis, changed her diet, and eventually got out of a wheelchair, and she's walking around and doing great now. So she'll have a lot to share with us on what her book, The Walls Protocol. Hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Hope you learned something on iodine. Again, if you have any questions, email me at perfectlyhealthyandtoneradio at gmail.com. If there's someone that you want to see on the show, email me there as well. And like I said, I'm always open to helping anyone when it comes to health and wellness. So next week, same fat time, same fat channel. One love, y'all. Good night. <laughs>